mind of this harder story about a team in Liverpool. That's not Liverpool. Oh man. Wait, a Next team in Wait, wait, what's what story is this then? I just uh I'll just send you a screen grab. I don't want to give it away for me okay. and listen. Oh yeah. For Boy. for all the people around the yeah. world. Yes. Let me let me check this out. Burp. Burp, burp indeed. Must be under my soccer stuff. Well, here's a couple of college football stories. Wow, so the Denver Broncos sold today. Oh yeah, I saw. Um, that was something else I saw when they when they have that little section of the athletic website where they uh they put tweets from people that like I saw the one from Bill Shea that's like. The highest prices uh-huh. paid for sports teams in billions yeah. of U.S. dollars, and I was like, "Oh, well then." I tell you, the Denver Broncos four point six five billion dollars. I still can't for, believe that for two years of Kylian Mbappe. <laughs> I still can't believe that on this list the Carolina Panthers are fifth. Dude, I mean, it's all just—it's all just like because of—I mean, it's all like valuations and that bullshit, mm-hmm. man. I mean, you know, it ain't nothing. Yeah, I'm not. You know, you know, I don't like the Panthers. I'm not gonna Panther hate here. It's not. Oh, the Panthers. It's just you know, shit. NFL NFL teams do nothing but continuously like go up. I just, I, it's it's just shocking yeah. to me that a team that is essentially, it's a franchise that now has been around for what, 25 years essentially? And has made two, yeah, two Super Bowls and one zero of them. I mean, it's not like anything special, but I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's, I, the, thing, that's the thing about NFL teams. It just, it doesn't matter. You can sell any of them and they're going to go for that price. Oh, amazing. Uh, amazing. Well, with that, let's get started on episode 418 of the Foreign Affair Podcast. I am Edward Green, joined as always by my Colin Cry, Wes Bradshaw, and we have a great episode for you today. Um, we have the last couple matches of FIFA World Cup qualification, because remember, that's not happening this summer, it's happening in the winter, because people are stupid. Um, we'll also have the briefest of brief glances at the Nations League because that's also a thing. Oh, dear. Um, well, I also figured we could start our uh, our season in review this week. We'll do th- we'll do the bottom four teams this week. Um, not that we have, I'm sure, strong feelings about many of them, so that that shouldn't go pretty quick. We will take a look at the transfer market and some of the latest news out of there, which is, you know, Wes's favorite part of the year. Um, Then we'll have a little news and notes. We'll pimp the athletic and we'll call it a pod. As always, the podcast um, is about to start. We're just going on our pod there for a second. Um, So, yes, to to 2022 World Cup qualification. Uh, We are about at the end here. uh, And unfortunately, uh, this past weekend, the Ukraine dream was ended by Wales 1-0 uh, thanks to Gareth Wales Golf Real Bale. 
uh, scoring the uh, the own goal in that match. Well, he he was the one that took the free kick, and then it was an own goal. Um, as they beat uh, the Ukraine one nil, and in a match that, as I I kind of mentioned to Wes Bradshaw, eerily reminiscent of the Champions League final from the previous week, where Ukraine looked the stronger attacking team and very dangerous. And unfortunately, this time, instead of Thibaut Courtois, it was Wayne Hennessy who stood on his head and helped Wales get into their first World Cup, I believe. Uh, let me let me see. I can actually I can look this up here. It's Wales, like 1956 or something. Or 54. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, so this is only their second time making it to the World Cup. So Wales do advance, though. Unfortunately, two feel-good stories. Only one could continue. So commiserations to the uh, the Ukraine, uh, but Wales will be going on, and you know what is a pretty good Wales team will be advancing on. Uh, in addition, uh, the final final two teams now with that out of the way will be decided next week as Australia takes on Peru on the thirteenth. And then Costa Rica takes on New Zealand on the 14th. Um, and those those are those are pretty interesting, especially Wes. I'm looking at that Australia Peru matchup um, because, you know, we, we've seen Australia quite frequently in the World Cup getting out of the mm -hmm. uh, the Asian Federation. Um, but Peru kind of new on the scene, really was starting to break out over the last few years in uh, in the crucible known as Comdable. Um, and uh, if they can advance here, that would be a big step up for their for their country and to uh, to make a World Cup here over over Australia. It would. Um, so Peru have kind of a long history in the World Cup. Um, I believe. Let me. I'll check. I'll I'm check thinking, real quick. I'm trying to go back. Yeah, so looking at um, their best ever finish, they had a seventh place finish in Mexico '70. Um, they were top eight in Argentina '78. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so you know they they've been there before, but yeah, like you said, they're kind of making that return. Going, I, maybe I can't remember. Uh, Peru plays at a little bit of um, elevation. Yes, yes, they do. We have to play so. Uh, Always a tough one, and that that goes to apparently some of the big guns of world football have been arguing this past week over. Oh well, it's harder to play European qualifying, South American qualifying. No, it's not. So they've been arguing about that this week. So you know, of course, of always course. fun to look at because you need something um, to argue about right now. Well, it's one of those. Um, I think the the messy. Lovers are saying, well, you know, if Messi had played the qualifiers that Ronaldo played, how many goals would he have scored? And, you know, that always just gets everybody fired up as well. Uh, fired up. Uh, yeah, good times. But, yeah, so we're we're that much closer to getting, um, getting our final pairings for the World Cup. Mm -hmm. um, just to touch on that European qualification there. I think like the only people pulling for Wales were the Welsh, yes. unfortunately, um, and that's nothing against Wales. Oh yeah, um, I think some people are actually pretty excited to see Wales get in. Mm 
Um, but it's just like they were coming up against like the feel good story of the whole thing. Yeah. Um. So you know, unfortunately, that's just how it had to go. An own goal from Yarmolenko, who was the Ukrainian captain. Yep. Um. And you know, it kind of sucked how it went down, but. I mean, give all the credit to Gareth Bale because he don't get a lot of help because Aaron Ramsey is just God fucking awful. But yeah, that Welsh side, I mean, you start going down it, it's a pretty good side. I mean, they have the Welsh Javi and we, Joe Allen, um, Mika Williams from Liverpool, um, Harry Wilson, who plays for. Where's Harry Wilson? Was he at um, Fulham? Fulham. And he had a really good season mm-hmm. this year. In a really good season. Um, you know, so they, they've got some players, the Welsh do, but man, they've got, but but most of all, they have a talisman in Gareth Bale. Yeah. And what you said earlier, uh, Wales golf, Real Madrid, it may, just to give you a teaser of some of the things we got coming up, uh, shock news, it may suddenly become Wales golf Hatafe. Oh, yeah, I saw that. So, uh, yeah, Gareth Bale may have a destination. That's been an interesting topic this week um, because, I mean, there's, like, legit talk that Bale could retire after the World Cup. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, with it being the middle of the season, it's like, well, I mean, is anyone going to sign this guy to basically play <laughs> half a season to get ready for the World Cup and then he, like, might retire when you're right after the season? <laughs> So, uh, you know, and then there's some people, you know, oh, well, you know, he should just go sign for Cardiff. It's like, yeah, but when he does play, I don't think you want to play him in the championship because somebody's yeah. going to, like, carry his pins mouth yeah. and beat him with it. <laughs> um, so maybe this will end up being the answer for him. He can play for Hatafe. But, uh, you know, Ukraine went into Hampden Park, beat Scotland. Mm-hmm. Pretty damn handily beat Scotland, too. Mm-hmm. That was really feel good, but then Wales, just a little too much for them. Um, but a great run by Ukraine, and I think they did their, their countrymen proud, especially in a moment where, man, those people just needed something else to think about for a couple of hours. Oh, yeah. Their national team gave it to them, so I hate to see them go out, but uh, I'm actually kind of excited to see Wales in that group now because now we get an England Wales match. There you go. I was just about to say, yeah, that's that that group B in the World Cup looking mighty spicy now with England, Iran, the U.S., and Wales on the docket in that so group. Many, so many wars fought between all of them. <laughs> Topical. Um. Also, I do want to give a shout a shout out on that Welsh team to uh, Ben Davies, who is unironically becoming a a quite good footballer at 29 years old. Um, he was actually quite good uh, for Tottenham towards the end of the season there. I mean, he's always been a good deputy, but actually really played well under Antonio Conte this season, and was also big in their matchup here against uh, Wales with a couple of big saves. Um, and shot stops. So good job on Ben Davis. Um, and uh, quietly becoming something special over at Tottenham as well. Just, uh, but yeah, that, that group B is, uh, is looking mighty spicy. 
over in the World Cup. Um, and so the only places we're left still to fill are groups D and groups E. Um, and then once those are filled, we can we can start to casually cast our eyes at the World Cup group draw um, before before the actual matches get played in November. Um, so Nations League is also going on right now. Um, just just a wonderful, wonderful thing that's going on and definitely not unnecessary for, for players who just played a grueling 60 plus match season and now also have to play for their national Four team. Yeah. Yeah. Glorified friendlies. Hey, those words might come up later in news and notes as well. Um, uh, yeah, just, uh, just an unfortunate series of events. And, uh, as was kind of mentioned in the article, we'll be talking about later. Um, some of the results kind of showing what happens when you play this almost immediately after an exceptionally long season, like the one we just had, um, France right now, it, has one draw and one loss in their group. Uh, they lost at home to Denmark. Nothing against Denmark. Denmark's a pretty good side, actually. But you don't really expect France to lose at home to Denmark. Um, England, if not, if not for a late Harry Kane penalty, would be staring down the barrel of an 0-2 weekend with two matches still to play in this, uh, this uh, little group stage we're doing here uh, over the summer. Um, and they're in a tough group. Uh, with Italy, Hungary, and Germany all in it. And, uh, of course, one of the things in these groups, because the Nations League needed a twist, uh, the fourth-place team in each group drops down to kind of the lower level. So you have the top 16 sort of European teams up in Group A, then the next in Group B, and then C, and then D. So if you drop, if you finish fourth, you drop, and then suddenly you're not playing Italy and Germany, you're playing... All, with all due respect, Iceland and, and Norway. And if you drop out of there, you're playing Lithuania and Azerbaijan. And then if you drop from there, you're playing San Marino, baby. So, um, also very interesting that uh, it used to be three team groups with the with the fourth place team dropping. But uh, once everybody saw Germany finish third in the group, they're like, oh, wait, we can't do that. Um, so very interesting stuff there, but yeah, you can't, you can't have, you can't leave it where guaranteed one of Italy, England, or, um, Germany's dropping. Yeah, it, it is. It is pretty crazy. That would have been really crazy. So Hungary, probably the odds on favor of this group to finish fourth, even though right now they're in second. Um, but yeah, they did. They sure did. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's one of those weird things where, yes, it, it's great. And we do have these glamour ties and that's what I, you know, again, we'll get to this in news and notes. Um, some people obviously saying, you know, Hey, you know, it is actually great. Even if they're friendlies, it's great to see England and Germany and Italy battling it out in a, in a two legged yeah. tie, essentially. That's, that's pretty yeah. great. Even if it is a friendly, the no. bigger problem right now is just the fucking timing of it being being when it is is just just awful so um at, at least as far as the on the pitch stuff goes wes i'm, I'm sure being our resident england fan um I, i'm sure it's hard to really take anything meaningful from the these previous two england results here in the in the nation's league 
honestly forgotten the Nations League was even going on until um, <laughs> suddenly it popped up in England and lost. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> but I was like, oh, it's just the Nations League. Who gives a rip? Um, no, I mean, you've got a bunch of guys who have just come off like an extremely grueling league season. It's just, I don't know. Nations League doesn't matter. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, Nations League matters when you win it. Kind of like Europa Conference matters yeah. when Josie wins. Yes. You know, I mean, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, I don't think Spurs were left like rooting, oh, we didn't win the Conference League. <laughs> yeah, I, I really think I do agree with people that like this could be something really cool. And, and even to an extent, like, if, if this was essentially Euro, like, hey, 16, a 16 team Euro where, and you took the top two teams from each group. Hey, you know, these are some pretty strong groups. That'd be a pretty fun group stage. But uh, as just this random, like, glorified friendly thing, it just, it leaves so much to be desired. So, anyway, that's your, that's Nations League. We'll talk a little bit more about it in news and notes, but that that's it for now um so with our final little uh match talk kind of uh we are going to start our our end of season year in review we're actually doing it on time this year it's amazing um so again we, we're gonna i know right we'll do uh we'll try to do four teams a week and we'll start from the bottom and then we'll be here um so we'll we'll start at number 20 norwich um quick recap of their season uh, finished dead last in the Premier League by one point. Uh, had the most goals shipped, had the worst goal differential, and scored the fewest goals in the Prem. Uh, no real famous wins, I believe, to speak of here in the Premier League this season. Uh, again, they they beat Everton, but as, as we'll get to in the, over this course of this thing, a lot of people beat Everton, so it's hard to say that was a famous Norwich win. Uh, their FA Cup run was they beat Charlton and Wolves, so that's probably their best one of the season is beating Wolves 1-0 in the fourth round of the FA Cup before falling to Liverpool 2-1. And then they would also fall to Liverpool 3-0 in the League Cup uh, after dispatching of Bournemouth in the previous round. So not really far, didn't do much in the League Cup. Their highest position was at one point they were 17th for one week but we're in the relegation zone the entire time regardless. Um, I, I'm kind of tired of seeing this team, West just bounce up and down. So I'm giving them a D minus, and I'm not giving them an F solely because I, ex I expected nothing less from them. So it's hard to be that much more disappointed. Yeah, I mean, they just, they kind of suck. I mean, there's not a lot really to say about Norwich. Sorry. Yeah. But, um, so they started the season with Daniel Farka as their manager. Mm -hmm. They fired Daniel Farka. He went to, uh, and just to update on him because he's in the news, uh, he went to FC Krasnodar in Russia. Mm. Don't believe he ever managed a match because, you know, in case you, <laughs> you know, missed it, some shit happened over there. <laughs> And now apparently he has failed up and is now the new boss at Borussia Mönchengladbach. <laughs> Good for him. Good so, for I mean, he just got like a legitimate like mid-table, like upper mid-table Bundesliga gig. Wow. Good for him. So, totally. So, hey, there's something positive for 
There's some positive out of Norris this year. He got out of Norris, and it got a lot better for him. Good on uh, you. Good time. Good on you. Um, one, one person to keep our – so, of course, uh, U.S. International, Josh Sargent. Mm-hmm. Yes. He, he had his moments this season. Mm-hmm. Um, got Premier League experience, but I don't know if that's long-term where he needs to remain if he wants to continue climbing up the world stage. Not not super great there. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see how uh if Pookie and Co. respond back down in the championship. Okay. Um, and as I said, a lot of these folks, uh, especially at the bottom of the table and even some of the middle table are gonna be pretty short. Um, Watford uh finished nineteenth. Uh they had the second worst goal worst goal differential, minus forty-three. Um shipped the sec- third most goals in the Prem, finished only one point above Norwich, um, and 12 points clear of 18th place, so they were also real bad this season. Um, actually managed to stay out of the relegation zone until about match week 23 when they fell in it for good. Um, if I remember correctly, uh, and again, hey, if they could have played Everton and Manchester United every week, Watford would have been top of the table because they took four oh. points from both of them, including early on in the season when they went 5-2 at Everton and 4-1 at home against United. So so big big props to them for those two results, but it wasn't enough to stay up. Uh, went out the first match of the FA Cup, 4-1 to Leicester. Uh, they won one match in the League Cup against Crystal Palace, 1-0 at home, before losing to Stoke, 3-1. Um, so I'm going to actually... I think I'm actually going to give them an F, Wes, because I actually did think Watford could stay up. I thought they were good enough to do it, and they had some good early season results, um, but just couldn't really keep it up down the stretch, and and they're heading back down, which, uh, you know, as, as an organization that just loves to change managers every five minutes, good on them for, for, for taking the plunge back down. And, of course, they end the season with the legendary – Boy, Hodgson, Edgehelm. Boy was done with the game. And did he come out of retirement to try to help Watford? I'm sure Roy got a nice pay packet for said things. <laughs> I bet he did. Um, but yes, Roy on his way back down. So, where Norwich didn't really seem to have a bunch of... Um, of uh, players that other teams would be really interested in. Watford, on the other hand, does have a handful, um, maybe led by Ishmael Assar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sar was actually like late with Liverpool a uh, season ago to be brought in. He's being linked with um, a bunch of Premier League clubs, so it looks like he'll probably end up there. Uh, Emmanuel Dennis, um, you know, uh, is a guy who most likely – uh, will be moving. Uh, but Ishmael Asar apparently, apparently is a, a target of the new Newcastle regime. So, um, they have money. Yeah, you know, they're, they're, and, and it's gonna, it's still gonna um, take some money to, uh, to get Sar out of there. Um, so, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with Watford, but, you know the the 
the Italian family that owns Watford notoriously they will pull the trigger on a manager real quick. They also own Udinese in the mm-hmm. uh, Italian league, mm-hmm. and they'll fire a manager there in a heartbeat too. So, um, yeah, Watford's one of those. That's a that's a tough job for anyone to take because there is absolutely zero job security there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do have some older, quite older players on their roster, especially in defense and in midfield. Um, so they're going to have a lot of questions about what that team's going to look like next season. Um, and then in the final of the relegation teams, we have Burnley. Oh, Burnley, Burnley, Burnley. They tried they tried to stay up for so long, but just couldn't do it. Uh, out of the bottom five, they actually had the best goal differential. That's mostly because they knew how to not chip goals. They only scored 34 um and finished three points away from safety uh again had a did they have any big wins this season uh they did beat tottenham in in late february um when things were looking good they, they beat everton for what it's worth um, yeah again <laughs> um and then in the uh the fa cup they lost their first match to huddersfield uh 2-1 they made it to the fourth round of the League Cup where they did lose to Tottenham at home 1-0. Um, so, yeah, I think this is an F season for Burnley. Um, they, it, they had tried to build this solid foundation uh, with Sean Dyche. Uh, they eventually got rid of him in mid-April for Mike Jackson, who came on as a caretaker. Um, tried to turn things around. Couldn't do it at the end of the day. It was very, very close. Um, for a while there, it really looked like Leeds were going to be the one to go down. Um, but just that that defensive grit and determination from Sean Dyche finally, I think, started to wear a little bit thin, unfortunately, with the uh, the players on the team, and they couldn't keep it up enough. Um, so Burnley fall, I, I'm going to give them an F, too, just because at the end of the day, Burnley's main goal this season as it seems every season in the Prem is to mm-hmm. to stay up for another year. Um, and even more so than maybe a team like Watford or or especially Norwich. Um, they they really had this habit of being able to stay up even without pumping in the goals. Um, so for them to fail this season, uh, I think is a big black mark on them. And so that's that's why I'm gonna give them an F for the season. Yeah, and on top of it, um, when you look at now the ownership situation. Yeah. So there was some deal where uh, it was an American investment group or something had bought Burnley and had done a leveraged loan. And part of the loan was that if they got relegated, they like immediately owed like $60 million back to it or something. Ooh. Let's see if I can find it. And that. obviously they got relegated. <laughs> so yeah, that's like, I don't know, man. Burnley could be in some real trouble right now as a club. Um, yeah, it was like an American investment group that uh, was just figure, oh, man, we're going to get on some of that sweet, sweet Premier League cash. Yep. Uh, this is from, not in well. Yeah, th- so this is from The Athletic from early May uh, from Andy Jones and Matt Slater. One of the most notable figures confirmed of ALK Capital's takeover is the size of the loan taken out by them, which is 65 million pounds. Uh, the loan was secured to be paid back in December 2025, 
with ALK only paying interest on it until then. However, that agreement is only in place if Burnley remain in the Premier League. If they are relegated in the next three weeks, they will be required to pay a significant proportion of the $65 million shortly after the end of the season with the repayment schedule brought forward. So, yeah. That's, uh... That's not great. 65 million pounds is nothing to sneeze at. So. Once again, unless you're killing Mbappe. Yes. So woof, woof to that. Burnley, uh, we we might be uh, seeing Burnley for a few years back in the Premier League. Can can we be honest and just. I mean, without Sean Dunn. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, the the only thing that I lose at Burnley, the only thing I lose from Burnley, is just the the talk of well, but could he do it on a rainy night at Turf Moor? <laughs> yeah. On a two on a rainy Tuesday at Turf Moor. I mean, just replace Turf Moor with somewhere else because it used to be well, it used to be a, a Stoke. rainy night at a Tuesday night at Stoke. So you know, <laughs> just replace it. I'm sorry. Nothing against Burnley. I really miss Burnley. I, they have like I, one season where they were semi-interesting. So. Yep. No no disagreement there. Um, and then finally, uh, for our Premier League grades for this week, uh, Leeds, the first team in, to stay up. Uh, they managed to do it uh, even after replacing head coach Marcelo Bielsa in late February for Jesse Marsh. That American power behind him. Um, so for uh, Leeds season, uh, again, finished 17th, three points ahead of Burnley. Um, one, hey, they won nine matches. They won as many as Southampton, who finished two places above them. Uh, so not not a terrible season, but definitely dicey at a couple points. Um, trying to see if they had any big wins. And I think the biggest win you could say they had was at Wolves, they won 3-2. Uh, that, of course, was one of the late winners uh, from Luke Eiling uh, in the 91st minute. That was the comeback match. Uh, and that was a week after they had beaten Norwich at home 2-1 on also on a late goal. Um, so, yeah, uh, kind of the story of the season was how many late goals they actually scored. Uh, that really, at the end of the day, is what kept uh, leads up. Uh, as far as the other competitions... Went out in the first round, or their first match of the FA Cup to West Ham 2-0. Went out in their third match of the League Cup to Arsenal 2-0 after beating Crew 3-0 and getting past Fulham on pens. Um, So I am going to give Leeds a C-. I feel like they dealt with a lot of injuries this year. They also had to deal with transitioning managers, and bringing an American is going to be highly, highly scrutinized. I know they left it late. Definitely disappointing in that regard for a team that I think we felt we wanted to see a little bit more of coming into the season, Wes, and, and starting to make their way towards like that midsection of the table. But they stayed up. Uh, for, for large swaths of the year, they actually weren't even really in trouble. They were able to stay pretty, pretty firmly out of relegation. Um, it wasn't until the end that they were really, really in danger. Um but good on them for getting out, and uh, and then hey, they they still have next year to fight again. Jesse March, the pride of racing, Wisconsin. 
And as you said, he, he pulled it off. He did it. And not only that, did it walking into the enormous shadow left yeah. by Marcelo Bielsa. Whatever was happening this year, Bielsa is an absolute legend at that club. Mm-hmm. Um, getting leads back to the Premier League, keeping them up for a season. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, at the time it happened, they were probably a month too late <laughs> doing yeah. it, actually. But um, it needed to be done. Um, and Jesse Marsh comes in. He got some results. And then it got tough again, but he was able to tough it out at the end. You know, there the the season for Leeds kind of reminds me of when I used to go to college every now and then. I would start <laughs> off well. All right, I'm motivated. I'll start off well. <clears throat> And then, depending on it, if it was fall or spring semester, man, I'd get to that break. I'd get to that fall break or I'd get to that spring break, and all of a sudden the bottom would just fall out. I'd forget <laughs> to go to class for like two weeks after spring break. And just everything went to crap. And then, as when my back was against the wall, when I was up against it, when everyone was predicting my downfall, I would pull that C minus. Mm hmm. And I would get my credits and someone would tell me that maybe college wasn't for me. <laughs> and that person completely turned out to be right. <laughs> um, but I mean, we'll see. You know, I'm sure somebody said, oh, Leeds, maybe the Premier League isn't for you. But at the end of the day, much like me with my c about still here, bitches. There you go. <laughs> And that's pretty much what Leeds is like. They're like, well, you can say what you want, but we're still here. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't anything to write home about. But, man, we made it. We did it. Good job, everybody. We did it. Um, I'm personally happy for Leeds to say, you know that I've got a soft spot for the, oh, yeah. uh, for the, for the old legendary teams. Um, I, I, like, I like a good name. <laughs> and Ellen Rose is one of the great stadiums in English football. And, and I mean that more due to the fans, uh, due to the feeling that that place gives. Um, I, just, I, I just think, um, you know, kind of like in college football, that people say, well, you know, they say, well, you know, college football is better when Notre Dame and USC are good. Or, mm-hmm. you know, well, they're like this year, look at the look at baseball. You know, oh, you know, it's just better when the Mets and the Yankees are good. And I understand that. I think the Premier League is better with the likes of Leeds in it than Leeds not in it. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm personally happy Leeds are staying up, and uh, I'll, I'll give them I'll give them that good old round C nice. because, oh, buddy, they tried to make a hash of it. Mm-hmm. But Leeds mm-hmm. are still alive. In the words of Eddie Venom, I'm still alive. They certainly are. Uh, interesting. I'm interested to see what's going to happen with Rafinha, if they're going to if they're going to hold on to him, uh, their leading goal scorer from this season. So we'll we'll oh, see. And about. apparently they're they're making their first uh, signing is an American, Brendan Aronson. Like yes, that's right. From Red Bull. Abby Salzburg. Yep. So. Uh, you know, I mean, I think Aronson's a good player. 
Uh, and they need, you know, they're going to need some guys because they're most likely going to need to cash in on Rafinha. Mm-hmm. Um, and two for Rafinha, I mean, he's he's gotten to a point now where, you know, he's come, he's done really well in a couple years at Leeds. Um, I think he's he's looking to make that next move in his career to try to climb up the ladder. So for Leeds, go out, get a nice fee for him. I mean, they're, it's been mooted somewhere in the region possibly like a 60 million pound fee for him. Yeah, that's good. So, you know, if you can get 60 million for Rafinha, you turn around and reinvest that, you know, I mean, that's that's big for Leeds. Leeds could take losing Rafinha, you know, it's a short-term blow, but that could be a long-term uh, positive if that money's properly reinvested. Absolutely. So with that, those are our four teams in review for this week. Um, please. Make sure you join next week because we all know what team we're starting our review with next week. That's, that's going to be a fun one. Oh, man. It's going to be next week. Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So with that, that's our sort of match talk for the week. Um, let's hit the news and notes and let's start with, uh, the transfer market. Um, some news coming out this past week. Um, if I can pull it up here real quick, uh, James Milner will be staying at Liverpool on a new one-year deal. Um, that was, that will keep him, uh, and have him be beyond two decades as a Premier League player. Uh, Alexander Lacazette will be leaving Arsenal, uh, most likely for Lyon. That has not gone official yet, as far as I know, but it's looking very, very likely. Um, that is a, uh, that's, a return, that's a return for him because he came mm-hmm. from, I believe he came from Leon. Mm-hmm. Very quote unquote good start. Future of Liverpool, be quiet in there. <laughs> um, as we kind of briefly mentioned last week, there was an excess from United already. Uh, Juan Mata, Pogba, and uh, Jesse Lingard. Have already left the club. They are they are all out. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, none of them have signed yet. Um, although it does look like Pogba might be going back to Juventus, which would just be so dumb. Just... What, was, what, what was the uh, what was the um, meme I sent you? Oh, I, mean, I I can pull it up real quick here. Um, oh yes. Uh, 2012, let Pogba go for free. 2016, sign Pogba for 90 million. 2022, let Pogba go for free. Ladies and gentlemen, Manchester United Football Club. Oh, and then just a glorious picture of Pogba just having a giggle. It's oh, this is a giggle. Um, so yeah, some of that that's already going out there. Um, the uh, the Fraser Forster, Brent Fraser Forster, uh, transfer from Southampton to uh, Tottenham went through today. That that uh, that was finally made official, going back to the uh, Southampton well for transfers there. Um, hey, it worked the first time. It did. It really did. Um, I'm trying to look here real quick to see if anything else. Uh, we did also touch on a little bit last week. Sadio Mane most likely moving on from Liverpool, um, possibly going over to Bayern. Um, and I haven't seen any other big news, but Wes, I know you are super plugged in. 
and this is this is like your time of the year. So, uh, what else in the transfer market have you been hearing? OMG, OMG, OMG. Uh, first, I would like to read. I believe this was James Milner's official statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is boring. James Milner wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very happy to sign a new contract at Liverpool. Yes, I'm on a reduced salary, but the club have said I can take as many tea bags from the club canteen as I want. So who's the real winner here? Oh, James. That tweet from Borden, James Milner. James Milner, MBE, by the way, might I add that, James Milner has been awarded an MBE from the British Empire. It's so boring. Because James Milner by the way, folks, if you don't know what I'm talking about, at Boring Milner on Twitter is literally like one of my favorite fucking It's pretty great. It's pretty great. James Milner is just, oh, man. If there's anyone in this world who can laugh at himself and keep a straight face, it is James Milner. And for that, just go follow James Milner on Twitter. It is, it is worth it. Every time he drops one, it is so worth it. Oh, I don't know. Right, so some of the uh, some of the uh, news going on around the world. Uh, Real Madrid are looking to uh, lock up and finish up. Looks like a hundred million euro deal for uh, French young French midfielder uh, Chumeni, uh, the latest in the long line of Monaco products that they uh, <laughs> they mm-hmm. develop and then sell for just and then sell for just ungodly amounts of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, too many. Uh, I know Liverpool were uh, rumored on it. I believe he's, they spoke with his representatives, uh, but it looks like Madrid is winning the race to sign him. Uh, for Madrid, that that just continues their um, uh, their signing young, exciting midfielders. Uh, of course, that midfield that started and won the Champions League and have won the damn thing five times now. Uh, Modric, Cruz, Casemiro, they are all on the wrong side of 30, uh, especially Modric, who's getting more on the um, short side of 40. Yes. So um, Madrid are splashing some serious cash around that position. Last year it was bringing in uh, Kamavinga. So they're looking to reinforce that for the future. So that, that would be a big move. Um and I'll just go ahead and get the big rumor coming out of Liverpool right now. Darwin Nunez, uh, the Benfica striker, um, he's on the market this summer. A uh, bunch of big clubs are after him. Um, Liverpool For Liverpool, it looks like he, he would be the direct replacement in the team, in the squad for Sadio Mane. Not saying he's going to play on the left. He's more of a middle guy. Um <clears throat> But Nunez, 22-year-old Uruguayan international, uh, scored twice against Liverpool in the two legs of the Champions League quarterfinal, uh, got the seal of approval from Virgil van Dijk, uh, got the um, got the kind of head shake and a smile from Jurgen Klopp when he was scoring those goals against Liverpool. Uh, extremely exciting young talent. You know, for Liverpool... It's almost something they need to do. They've got if they're going to lose Mane, you've got to refresh up front. City going out and getting Erling Holland. Mm-hmm. You know who knows? This could be you know, this could be one of those rivalries going forward. You know the two guys that the two biggest teams signed in the same summer, the two young strikers. So you know, it could be something interesting to watch going forward. 
Um, the, the, the rumor mill says that personal terms have been agreed. Uh, clubs are trying to haggle out a price. Could possibly be a club record signing for Liverpool as uh, Benfica have him valued at 85 million pounds or euros or rubles or on our bucks. I don't fucking know what they're paying in these days. Um, I just, uh, I, I don't think they're doing the old Weimar Republic march. So I'll give it that at least. But um, could be a club record. Liverpool obviously don't want to pay that price, but uh, we'll see what they do when it comes to Nunez, who has apparently stated that he wants to go to Liverpool, wants to play for Jurgen Klopp. Uh, Manchester United are also hot on his heels. They want him back. But we'll see what happens there. But that's that's the big one going around Enfield uh, and going around Liverpool right now is uh, Darwin Nunez. Uh, let's see what else uh, is out there in the transfer world. Um, hmm. uh, Robert Lewandowski, his name is still um, bouncing around up there. He is basically told Bayern that he has no desire to come back and play for them. Mm-hmm. Problem. Okay. The only problem for Lewandowski is what is the market for him? Yeah. Amazing player, yes, but apparently he keeps talking like he wants to go to Madrid or not Madrid to Barcelona. And I hate to tell him, I figure if I knew that he would have known, Barcelona don't have any money. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they don't yeah. act like it, but yeah, yeah, they don't. Yeah, they don't really have any bloody money. Um, rumors flying around that Frankie de Jong from Barcelona because hey they're trying to get some money uh, <laughs> apparently uh, may be on his way to Manchester United to reunite with his former Ajax manager Eric Tinghaug uh, de Jong a few seasons ago of course he was a member of that Ajax team along with Matthias de Ligt the one that um Ed Green's Tottenham Hotspur knocked down the semifinals of the European Cup uh, to book their ticket to Madrid. Uh, De Jong was one of the absolute shining, beaming stars of that squad. Mm-hmm. Um, he and Delic both moving for huge fees that summer. And neither one of them have really just taken hold of things and gone with it. Yeah, that was disappointing. Uh, for De Jong, I think for De Jong, I would almost give him a little more of a pass because obviously Barcelona has been a, a dumpster fire ever since he got there. Uh, they can't really figure out where they want to play him. They don't want to play him in his preferred position. So maybe a trip out would be good for him and being able to reunite with Ten Hag. Of course, he'd have to give up Champions League football for at least a season. <laughs> yeah. um, no, did I say that, Alan? Excuse me. Oh, no. I don't mean to throw shade on the United. But um, <laughs> I, I believe for him, to, if he could go and play in a system in the spot where he wants to play and has a manager who fully believes in him, that would probably be a pretty damn good thing for him, actually. Mm-hmm. 
uh, Paolo Dybala, um, apparently his agents have met with the Inter Milan um, board. So that might be one. That's a that's a really big that's a really big player out there. Um, let's see, uh, apparently Tottenham are discussing Pal Torres with Villarreal. Um, mm. uh, talking talking of possibly uh, signing uh, your boy Lo Celso on a permanent. Mm. So Tottenham, let's talk about Pal Torres. Uh, yeah, so we'll, I've heard. We'll I've heard last year Torres said he wanted to go to United because mm-hmm. he wanted to play Champions League football, and mm-hmm. now we're hearing he still wants to go to United. So it's like, dude, just just say you want the money. Just just be honest. Yeah. Let's just be real. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> um. Anything else going on out there? Uh, as we mentioned earlier, Gareth Bale uh, apparently has been offered to. So, uh, that's so weird. Yeah, uh, like I said, he it is a weird one. Um, he's just looking somewhere to. Uh, he's just looking somewhere to land. I think mm-hmm. somewhere he can go play a little bit, um, get some good golf in. Oh boy. Um, yeah, at this point, that seems to be uh, kind of what they're doing. Uh, it looks like Newcastle, excuse me, Newcastle have completed the signing of Matt Target from Aston Villa. Mm. Uh, so he should come in and give them some uh, some depth at least. Uh, Juventus Atletico are in talks with Alvaro Morata. Go figure, because he just bounces around between like three or four clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Moise Keane also have been discussed between the two clubs. I think that'd be an interesting one for um, Atletico Madrid, maybe getting Moise Keane. Because, you know, he's just been so damn good for everybody. Oh, yeah. He's great. He's great in Italy. Not so great over here. Yeah. Anywho, uh, I think that's about all I've got. Alrighty. Um... Those are the the transfer market is just going to keep heating heating up, uh, especially I think once Nation League kind of cools down here in the next week or so. Um, but again, they, those will have to get done pretty quickly because it is you know it is a shortened summer uh, window with its uh, with season starting in early August again. Um, we mentioned this a couple times uh, in our Nations League talk, but uh, as we as we go to the Athletic here, Nick Miller had a good write up today uh de bruyne and van dyker right nations league in june is quote unimportant and strange um and bo- both uh of them putting out quotes uh de bruyne saying before belgium's first fixture this year uh the nations league is unimportant in my eyes they're just glorified friendlies after a long and tough season i am not looking forward to it um then van, van dyke says uh it is strange that there are four nation league games after a long season uh, but decided now, and we have no possibilities to change our decision. I believe that during these four games, there is more chance of injury after a long season. Um, and in fact, I don't remember who it was, but I saw that someone for England picked up a knock very early on in the Germany Kevin match. Schultz. Yes, thank you. Um, who, so, who basically had never got healthy from the entire damn season that screwed. 
So this is, it, it, it's just silly that we're doing this, especially this year. I know, I'm sure that contracts were already in place, and I know you want to get some semblance of things to do with your team because, hey, next month, you're already talking about the a lot of teams, especially Premier League teams, going to the different uh, friendlies they're going to do across the globe and stuff like that. So I understand this need to want to get the the countries, the, uh, your, what am I trying to think? Your national teams together uh, and look a little bit before the World Cup this winter. But this is this is a little bit silly. I, I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand it at this point. And with as many matches as we're putting on the calendar, and if they want to also start with this, whole like club world cup thing in a different way it's it's just getting to be too much and and it's good that two of the biggest names in the game are talking out apart not in a well shucks i guess you know we just have to have to do it it is what it is they're saying no this is not important to me i i, I really appreciate both of them speaking up and saying something about it yeah i mean yeah that's that's exactly what needed to be done, and it happened, and off we go. <laughs> off we go. Off um, we go. Um, yeah. I mean, it, they're worthless. They're they're bullcrap. There's there's just there's just too much packed into the calendar right now. Yeah. You would you would yeah, kind of I mean, thought I think with uh with every all the COVID reshuffling we had to do over the last couple of years you would have thought at some point somebody would say hey maybe this is a little bit much but then they probably saw the giant bags of money and said nah nah it's fine somebody, yeah and then somebody just shoved like a hundred dollar bill in their mouth said shh <laughs> quiet yeah that's where we stand and i mean honestly all i'm looking for is um you know, Virgil Van Dyke not to get hurt, and Trent not to get hurt. Other I mean, than that, I, whatever happens. I, I think that's it. You know, I. Uh, it's really frustrating, as you know, like a Tottenham fan. You know, watching Harry Kane go out there, who has been prone to injury after a long season, in which by the second half he really started to come good again. I don't want to see him get hurt. And all of a sudden, we're starting the season, you know, with Champions League football and trying to get that out. Which, by the way, I don't have any news and notes. Have you seen the Champions League schedule? Like the, like the match weeks? I have not. So no. I know. Uh, day 22. Uh, Champions League fish turns 22. Let me see if I can find this real quick. Um. Uh, maybe this is it. Um, all right. So match day one. So they're drawing August twenty fifth. Match day one. Uh, I'll just do the the Tuesday dates just so we can not be super confusing with a lot of numbers. Uh, match day one is September sixth. Match day two is the next week. Then match day three is October fourth. Match day four is October eleventh. Match day five is October 24th, and match day six is November 1st. So you are playing your group stage matches, ones your third through your sixth one, four and five weeks, essentially. 
So, and by the way, you're going to have Premier League matches around those all too. And maybe even I wouldn't be surprised if that week there isn't Champions League if there's midweek Premier League matches. Because remember, got to fit in a certain number of Premier League matches before World Cup. So this is... Uh... Well, and you, you look at how compressed that schedule is. This past season, Liverpool played their final group stage match on December the 7th. Yep. So it's a month plus cutoff. Yeah. They played on November 24th and December the 7th for their last two um, group stage matches in the Champions League this past year. Yep. So, so it's 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 going to be fun. Yeah. It's... I'm just I'm just glad that most of our team isn't going to the World Cup, so they can kick it for like six <laughs> six weeks. <laughs> there you go. Um... Uh, you guys have to go to World Cups. So... <laughs> a couple other stories here um one no no need to rehash this i think again but just want to say another good report this one from tom williams uh they build an image of the enemy francis struggled to police football fans um just another great piece of reporting from the athletic on the terrible uh events at the champions league final in paris um and another great great piece on that um, also going into a lot of the trouble France has just been having in general over the past couple of years, even in their like uh, club matches with uh, with with fans. So, so good to see them keeping on that. Um, and then lastly, I didn't have this, but I actually sent it to you today, Wes, and I'm not sure if you saw it. Um, did you did you happen to see where uh, Arlo White ended up in uh, in broadcasting? I did. Uh, controversial. Yeah. Um, so last week, last week we talked about uh, Arlo White being replaced by Peter Drury, and we're like, oh yeah, Arlo, he'll be fine. You know, he maybe like the Chicago Fire matches and MLS and some other stuff. You know, whatever. And uh, we even he even put out the tweet. He's like, you know, I'll I'll let you know in someday. You know how it all went down. And then we find out today, or yesterday, that uh, he will be the lead announcer for the LIV Golf Tournament, which is the Saudi Arabian-backed competitive golf tour that is going up against the PGA, uh, which is just, their idea has just been to throw a bunch of money at golfers and say, please come do it. Just please. Um, as far as I know, there's still no, like... <clears throat> channels that are broadcasting it um i think it's just like on their <laughs> website and on youtube or something i think facebook even is showing it um so that's weird uh the press conferences the last couple of days have been horrific um so just it's it's very weird to see arlo white jumping into something like this um although as someone pointed out on twitter there was a little bit of controversy, as we like to say in, in New Orleans, um, in the because Arlo White actually did the first match Newcastle played after the Saudi Arabian takeover of of the club, uh, and of course people have been uh, had a lot of problems with that with more sports washing from what is a brutal totalitarian regime in Saudi Arabia, and some people 
kind of felt like he didn't bring as much attention to it as maybe he could have during the match and and the the repercussions of what it meant for for the takeover in Newcastle um he he did push back on it but man that 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 kind of claim comes into a bit of a new light after this news so who knows how long this was in the works for but uh it, it's hard you it's hard to hold people on a pedestal west but i i still I am still left feeling a little disappointed in Arlo's decision. I'm sure he's making a ton of money on this, but it just it doesn't sit well with me. Definitely interesting choice. Uh, yeah, that's it, man. You, you know, here's another thing: we we don't, as the public, we don't know reasons for why they do something. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, for all we know, I mean, Arlo White, they could have given him, you know, he could have, they could have called him, sat down, and he said, look, there's no way I'm leaving to go do this, da-da-da-da-da-da. And then, you know, the the guy on the tour said, you know, what we'll do, we'll make him an offer he can't refuse. And then they made him an offer he can't refuse. Mm-hmm. And, and here he is doing it. Uh, you can't never say never. And honestly, it's just, it's not our... It's not our place to try to play morality police with a guy like Arlo White. Um, so I, all I'll say for Arlo, good for you. I hope you, I hope he secured his bag. I'm sure it he did. Sounds like it sounds like he's not the only one jumping. Uh, <laughs> yeah, some some big 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 names in golf have jumped, and apparently, you know, the whale of them all, Tiger Woods. Uh, it's reported they offered him nearly a billion dollars. Yep. And he turned it down because for Tiger Woods, a billion dollars is like, I've got like many of those. Mm-hmm. But um, I think just today, what's his name? Uh, DeChambeau? Bryson DeChambeau, yeah. yeah. Bryson DeChambeau, apparently today he's going. Uh, Dustin Johnson's going, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Mickelson's name is all over this thing, and it does not. Look <laughs> Have you seen the pictures time. of him out there? Oh yeah, he he looks like a freaking wreck right now. <laughs> full heel turn, full heel turn outfit. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he looks like a wreck, and he is a heel. Yeah. He's he's basically channeling his inner Triple H. <laughs> um, I'm not telling him that's a bad thing. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, let let's let's be a hundred percent honest. The only golf I ever watch, anyway, is like maybe the last three holes of both the Masters and the U.S. Open, and that's mm-hmm. if something cool's happening. So I I know I know some people who this is just like devastating, and they're just furious and losing their shit about this. I'm like, uh, okay, whatever. You know, hey, good luck, guys. Get paid. You know, if if you're in a position where if this whole thing blows up in your face, you know, just I hope monetarily you're good because the PGA Tour is going to be sending you to every damn backwater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, on the tour, there's going to be you're not going to play at Kiowa Island. No, you're going to play at like just straight up dirty Myrtle, probably. But whatever. I hope you enjoy playing at uh oh god what's the name of the course in Rocky Mount? 
Oh, Hickory Meadow. Yes. That's just no longer even there anymore. <laughs> yeah. Hope you boys enjoy playing rhubarb. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, hey, you know what? I, I begrudge that man that's going to. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's so much money. I I understand like how much money there is in this. I I get it, and I you know I get why someone who has the gambling problems that Phil does why he's doing this. Um, I don't know. I I feel like for you know for someone like Dustin Johnson though, like unless he also has gambling problems, like you've made your tons of money why do you need more like if it was if it's like the 127th ranked player on the tour and they come and say hey come come play here there's no cuts and it's a guaranteed quarter million if even if you finish last i can see why that's enticing to go play on that kind of tour if you're dustin johnson yeah. or even like someone like graham mcdowell like you've made a shit ton of money so again unless you've poorly mismanaged your money like phil mickelson I don't understand what the appeal is. I know they keep saying, you know, oh, I get to spend more time with my family. You already get to pick and choose essentially which tournaments you go in every year. You you know you have four you want to play in, and plus whatever like that playoff thing they have is. Outside of that, you'll maybe play what another 10, 15? You just want to do enough like to make the round of yeah, you're not playing that many weeks. Let's I, and again, this is for like the top, top, top golfers, like like a Dustin Johnson who's won majors. That that's my that's where I'm just like, why, like why why do you need this? And I, I guess you know if someone if someone backs a Brinks truck of a hundred million to your house to go say hey come play golf for us, I guess that's hard to turn down. But it does it is a little bit surprising actually. And uh, and again, just very interesting for Arlo. Also, just for the fact that it's golf. Like, if this was like a Saudi Arabian soccer league or something, I'd be like, eh, that's weird, but okay. For golf, I, I, I guess he'll be fine. I don't. He doesn't seem like he fits golf. I don't mean that as a diss, but it, it just doesn't seem like he. It seems like someone who likes to get really excited about things. Like, he's not Jim Nance, and I'm glad he's not Jim Nance, but Jim Nance seems like someone who is fit for calling golf tournaments. Arlo never really struck me as someone who's who's like that. I, I don't know if you feel differently, Wes, but that's, that's just kind of the impression I always got from him. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you on that. But, uh, you know, it kind of... I don't know, man. It is what it is at this point. Um, Nothing we can do. As long as Pauline is there, as long as Pauline is there, I'm gonna be. Oh, Pauline Agassi. I'm gonna be <sighs> I'm, I'm good as long as, as long as Pauline is around, I'm fine. <laughs> All right, well, that's gonna. Oh, be I'm, I'm just saying, I'm googling Pauline right now. Just Jesus Christ, Pauline. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good job. Good job, Wayne. Good job, Wayne. Good job, Wayne. Job, Wayne. I'm glad he did something with his life. Yeah. What'd you ever do? Ever make a hot dog? Oh. Uh, Direct many... quote from the great Ricky Bobby. 
How many Stanley Cups did he actually win? Did he just win the one? Or am I crazy? No, no, no. He won, he won like three or four right with Edmonton. Oh, okay. Maybe that's yeah. it. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, he just went up with Edmonton. He was an oiler. Oiler. Oh, the Oilers. And then he became a Ranger. Or he became a King and then a Ranger. I don't remember. He was a King. He, he, when, when I was watching, when I watched hockey for a while there, he was, um, he was, uh, Playing for the Kings, mm-hmm. so and then he was a Ranger. He was a Blue. Oh yeah. He played twenty seasons in the Hockey League. Good old Wayne. Good. Old uh, and now, he's, of course, he's immortalized in. Just you know, they just they worship him in Letterkenny. So. Of course, of course. Um. All right. So with that, let's uh let's pimp the athletic, Wes. Uh, what what you got? What you been reading this week? Crap! I gotta get my gotta get my app open. Oh no! Uh, here's my Did app. Fill my right. app. Fill my app. Um. Good stuff as always. Uh, the June is a. Apparently, this has become a thing in college football where guys take their official visits like during the summer. Mm-hmm. Always, you know, everything I ever knew was that was an in-season thing because you know you want to go see the atmosphere, the stadium when it's full, you know. But apparently now, a lot of the big guys are taking their uh, June is the big month now for the official visits. Uh, because guys can get a lot of really one-on-one time with the coaching staff that they might not be able to on the other one. Uh, so Ari Wasserman, of course, is in. Uh, he's in like overtime this month uh, <laughs> doing his recruiting stuff. Uh, the latest one that dropped today: Notre Dame's QB pursuit, Michigan State's big visits this week in recruiting. So uh, if that's your thing, definitely check that out. Uh, football story that came out yesterday. Uh, Stuart James, what happens when a footballer leaves a club? Oh, yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. That was interesting. It was stuff that, like, you just you don't think about. You're like, okay, here we go. You know, I'm going to this one, and life's just wonderful. There's a lot that goes into it. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, we're, we're going to talk a little college baseball here in a little bit. Uh, but here's one. Here's a, here's a name from the somewhat recent past in our college baseball fans. Kumar Rocker's successful return to the mound could improve his MLB draft stock. Keith Law dropped this one on Sunday. Kumar Rocker, of course, uh, the first-round pick a season ago of the New York Mets, mm-hmm. um, was taken with the 10th pick uh, during his post-draft physical, um, revealed something we've never really been told what, yeah. That led the Mets to decline to offer him a contract. Uh, it's like, what the hell could have been so bad that they just didn't even make a contract offer? Um, so anyway, the Mets um, get the 11th pick in this year's draft, and Rocker goes back into the draft. So, um, yeah, he threw for the Tri-City Valley Cats, the Independent Frontier League. Um, he's hitting 98, 95-98 over four innings. Um, so we'll see. I mean, they're saying he could, he probably going to be a first-round pick 
once again this year. Um, and the last one I'm going to hit, uh, mentioned him earlier. Uh, we're talking about Wales. Harry Wilson made in Corwin born to play for Wales. So, um, Good, good article on Harry Wilson. Uh, there, there's an old story where his granddad put down a bet, like within the week he was born, put down a bet that uh, Harry Wilson, that his grandson would play for Wales one day. And a few years ago, he uh, he, he cashed that bet in. So, uh, yeah, man, you can't beat betting on your own uh, flesh and blood to do something, <laughs> but. Uh, not a nice story there about uh, about Harry Wilson, of course, former Liverpool player Harry Wilson. Uh, Peter Rutzler wrote that one. All right. Um, mine are, uh, so the first one I have is, came out a few days ago from Stephen Nesbitt, which due to the events of the past five or six days in Los Angeles, isn't as great a story as it was at the time. The Angels' Mike Trout became a superstar during one Iowa summer, a time we'll never forget. Um, so it's not just Mike Trout. Quite a few big league players were all there. Um, so go check it out, especially for someone who doesn't, I wouldn't say gets a lot of publicity, but because uh, Mike Trout does get publicity, but isn't doesn't have a lot of his personality out there. This is a really good story. So go check that out. Steven Nesbitt did a great job. And then this is the story that just came out a few hours ago. Uh, Wes, are you familiar with that meme? Uh, the worst person you know just made a great point. Doesn't ring a bell. Okay. Um, it's it's not <laughs> one of the bigger memes, but uh, that's that's sort of how I felt when I when I saw this article headline. Um, Umpire Angel Hernandez alleges MLB manipulated reviews to make minorities look bad. So it's one of those things where you're like, oh, God, that sounds terrible. And then you see, oh, God, it's Angel Hernandez. <laughs> so yeah. so this is and, and then as you go along, you also realize this is, as the article says by Daniel Kaplan, the filing is the latest salvo in Hernandez discrimination claim against MLB filed in 2017 which a lower court tossed in March of last year, though not without first acknowledging baseball had a diversity issue, which is true. Baseball does still have a, a fairly large diversity issue, but uh, anyway, um, where there was one quote I, I wanted to get out here. Um, uh, so let me see. Where, where is it? Where is it? Uh, shoot. Um, where is it? Um, I don't know, but basically, like, the idea is uh, Angel Hernandez wasn't made a crew chief in, like, I think the 2016 or 2017 World Series, and he it's like, uh, I think Joe Torre actually did on deposition. He said that basically it's because he didn't demonstrate leadership where I would have just said here, here's tape after tape of Angel Hernandez being an umpire. This is why he's not being a crew chief of the world series. It has nothing to do with your race. It has everything to do with you being a terrible, terrible umpire. You're so bad. You're so bad. 
<clears throat> so that's why I say the worst person in the world. This isn't this isn't so much the worst person in the world made a good point. It's it's more the worst person to make a claim makes a claim. <laughs> like yes, baseball has a diversity issue. Angel Hernandez should not be the one bringing it up. <laughs> because Angel Hernandez like, is just bad at his job. I want to say something about Angel Hernandez, but I don't want to sound like super, super, like horrible for saying it. So I might just let it go. That's fine. He's just bad at his job. It's fine. Good on you for fighting this fight, Angel, for for umpires who are better than he. Good on you. Let's hope those umpires are recognized and that they get to do what they rightfully deserve to do. Yes, but not you, you Angel. Because you're hideous. Oh, what a great story. Um, so there you go. All right, let's uh, let's wrap up this episode uh, with the watch for West. West, if you have anything for the watch for or even listen for, we can call it now. If you're you got another podcast for us. Um. Did have a podcast this week. Damn it! I'm trying to eat my shoe in here. Um. So, what was my pod? I listened to no dog. Oh gracious! So I was told this week that my watch for because uh, so we've been moving for like the last week and a half, and like literally I don't even have my internet turned on yet, so I haven't watched the TV in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um. I have been listening to uh, the East Carolina games, which I'm very excited about now, (laughs) which we'll we'll touch on momentarily. But I was told, since I haven't watched anything or listened to anything new, that I could bring up a question for you. Okay. Ed, uh, and and that, that is pertinent to my life at the moment. Ed, let's say you went out and bought yourself a puppy dog. Okay. What football name would you name your puppy, Ed? Is it is it a boy or a girl? Either or, Ed. Whatever you want to name your puppy. Oh, that's a good question. I might name it. If I had to give it a footballing name. I I'd, I'd probably if it was a boy, I'd probably give it Zlatan. Um, just because he loves Zlatan. Uh, if it's a girl, I might do something like. Uh oh god, what's her name? What's the 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 women's soccer player who Alex Morgan. So maybe like Morgan? Morgan might not be a bad name. Well, and here at the Bradshaw household, we have a pair of 10-week-old black lab puppies. Aww. You may have heard them in the background tonight because they are terrible, horrible, loud little monster children. Uh, but Ed, we are uh, we are rolling with Harvey and Allison. Oh, that's right, named after the Liverpool duo of Harvey Elliott and Allison Becker. We have brother and sister duo of Harvey and Allie. So, anyway, I was told Good. I needed to introduce them tonight because uh, you will hear them for as long as this podcast continues, because <laughs> they're horrible and they make a shit ton of noise. And they're adorable and they're sweet, but they're horrible and make a shit ton of noise. <laughs> and when you hear me yelling Harvey and Allie for the next uh, however long we do this, you'll now know who I'm yelling at. Perfect. Stop digging. We're outside now. So. <laughs> Amazing. 
Uh, yeah, but other than that, man, no, I haven't watched crap. Oh, 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 I did find a new podcast once again since we are on our college baseball kick at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a really good co- podcast out there called 11.7. Okay. And that, okay. of course, is in reference to the um, the scholarship limit for college baseball oh, players. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. But it's um, there, there was an athletic article about this the last few days, actually. Um, where they interviewed these guys, and their former, I think they played at Mercer, maybe? Is Mercer in Georgia? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think they played at Mercer. And, I mean, just the fact that, like, so, like, immediately following the final game of the regional, which was, like, the Stanford game, Mm -hmm. like, they went on and did, like, an hour and a half, like, recap of all the regionals. Oh, wow. And I... And I mean, just the fact that somebody's doing like an inclusive college baseball podcast is good enough for me. There you go. So you might you might want to check that out. Uh, they're going to have their super regional uh, preview on uh, coming out on Thursday. So okay. um, they're interesting. They're interesting. So uh, yeah, boy. There you mm-hmm. go, folks. I did give you all something. Um. So this. Was it Monday? It was Monday night. I uh, I decided, because it is short, I decided to do a little binging of an entire mm. season of a show, Wes Bradshaw. Oh my, what you binging? I binged a little show oh. called Shorzy. Oh, Ah. <sighs> So let me just say that we, as, as, as I told you, we don't even have the internet. I'm getting the internet hooked up tomorrow. Perfect. Shorzy is definitely right at the top of our list of things to watch because we're big Letter Kenny fans around here. I mean, I'm the one who turned you on to the Letter Kenny. Mm-hmm. Sure we, we're, we're planning to watch the Shorzy. Is it going to be worth my time to watch the Shorzy? All right. So here's the thing How much. Do you like the hockey parts of Letterkenny? I enjoy the hockey parts of Letterkenny. Okay, so like the best way to do it. Did you like the arc where they did the uh what was it? The whatever championship they went to where Shorzy ends up like taking his stick to the back of that guy's legs at one point. Yeah, it was Riley and Jonesy, and they yeah. were um, they were playing the, they were playing the the newfies and yes. all those teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty great, actually. Okay, then you'll like Shorzy. Okay. <laughs> damn fantastic! It's basically six episodes of that. Um, it is it is very much in the mold of Letterkenny. Um, Jared Kiso is just still Shorzy. It's great. Um. Oh, I forgot the guy's name because again, I did this all in one night. Um, but uh, the na- oh, that is that is a bit. But there's uh, <laughs> the the coach's name, the the kid who becomes the coach. The amount of times he says "fuck you" is is uh, or no, not not "fuck you," shut the fuck up is is great. There's also a real fun bit he does throughout the entire thing where he'll ask a question and as the person starts talking he'll say eh just it's oh it it's done a lot i will say the final 
15 to 20 minutes feels like it is when it actually becomes its own thing. And it's not, it's not that bad. It's actually really, really good. But it's it it's it's when it finally starts to break away. Okay, it's not just Letter Kenny hockey. It's actually trying to now be its own show. And I do appreciate that. And I think it was really, really well done. So I really enjoyed it. There are some very fun cameos um, from some people you might recognize just from Canadian television. Some you will recognize from Letter Kenny who aren't being their Letter Kenny selves. Some who are from Letter Kenny who are being let their Letter Kenny selves. Also, Jay Onright from uh, Sports Center Canada actually on the show. It's he's great. Jay Onright is fantastic. He's amazing. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a really fun show. The new characters are all great. The gyms are great. Um, and again, for the first five and a half episodes, it really feels like it's it's mostly just letter Kenny hockey. But that final like 15, 20 minutes is just really good television. So I'm excited. The, not to spoil it too much, but the way the first season ends kind of makes me feel like there's going to be a season two of this show. So I hope there is. So. Yay. Well, good. Good, 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 good. Because you know the the, the, big, the big worry is always, you know, are you are you gonna get so sick of Shorzy because Shorzy is just one of those characters that you've gotten in such short bursts and he's so freaking hilarious mm -hmm. that it's like, am I gonna be sick of Shorzy after six episodes of Shorzy? Um, no, I because I think the most of the other characters do a good enough job and they have a a very a pretty big ensemble cast that that do their job well that you don't really get sick of Shorzy. Um and and also they it is it's a slightly toned down Shorzy, I think because they know he's right. he's now the main character. Right. So he's slightly toned down. Not a lot. And and the his his chirp scenes, I will call them. His chirp scenes are still some of the best uh some of the best shorzy burns in in the uh, the combined shows so those those are definitely still there but they they do take him down from like 10 to like i don't know like an 8.5 so he's still there but they they realized oh shit we can't do this for six episodes <laughs> so we have to actually have a story here very cool so yeah i very I'm excited cool. to hear well, your thoughts I am, on it. I am definitely extra excited now so um <laughs> We'll, we'll see. We'll see how quick we can get through that, and um, we'll reconvene. We'll, we'll, what's we'll, our our dearly departed Jim Pasaki likes to say? We'll, we'll, we'll circle back to this, I guess. Yeah, let's circle on back. Circle the wagons. We'll circle back to this. Yeah. All right. So, can't wait to talk about that in a future episode. But for now, this episode is done. Episode four eighteen is in the books. Uh, thanks again to our podcast providers, including Anchor, which is powered by Spotify. Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to drop us a message, please use the link in the description of this show. And if you like it, and if, if we like it, and it sounds good, we'll throw it in the episode. Um, you can also check us out on social media as a collective. We are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are. I'm at Wes Fred Twenty One. 
and I am at Edward Green. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube via our parent show, the All New Sports Show, and email us at allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Um, so that is going to do it for this week. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll be have finished up the Nations League. We'll have finished up World Cup qualifying. We'll get to talk about Everton season review. That's that's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. Um, and we'll have plenty, I'm sure, more news and, and transfers to come up. Uh, but before we get out of here, Wes, anything else you want to add? Yeah, the most important thing we'll talk about next week, who will be in the College oh. World Series? Who's going to Omaha? Let's take a quick look at those super regional matchups. There's obviously one that I'm super stoked about. In Knoxville, Tennessee, the number one overall seed, the Tennessee Volunteers, hosting the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. One Ed's going to have his eye on the, the West Coast showdown. I'm going to knock this dog the hell out. In Palo Alto, Stanford, hosting the University of Connecticut. Perennial powerhouse UConn. Perennial powerhouse UConn, who controversially won the Maryland uh, Regional. Ooh, because, yeah, I still can't figure out what the hell actually happened there. But anyway. Um, in College Station, Texas, the Fighting Aggies of Texas A&M taking on the Louisville Cardinals. Uh, from the ACC in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Ole Miss and Southern Miss. A, the Battle of the Magnolia State. Those two, those are two programs they do not like each other at all. That's There's a bad blood in that one. That's going to be freaking awesome. Um, in the holy shit, I didn't, I, I forgot that this team was really good this year and they're getting to host the Super Regional. Blacksburg, Virginia, Virginia Tech hosting the Oklahoma Sooners. Um, Virginia Tech, holy shit, yeah. I forgot they were good this year. So good on. Corvallis, Oregon, the one that I don't think any of us are really looking at. We'll see what happens. Auburn taking on Oregon State. And then two will be happening here in the great state of North Carolina, the one closer to your house. The Arkansas Razorbacks, who have somewhat underachieved this season, they have had a, a season of turmoil. <laughs> but they're in the final 16, a chance to get back to Omaha as they take on your alma mater, the North Carolina Tar Heels, the Chapel Hill Super Regional. Uh, UNC has gotten hot at the right time of the year. Uh, they won the ACC tournament. They won their regional. And they host Arkansas. And then Ed eyes of a a watchful and hopeful pirate nation will be for the first time ever in a super regional on Greenville, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. The jewel of a stadium that we built all these years ago. This is the reason we built Clark LeClaire Stadium was to host the super regional. And finally, it has come to pass. East Carolina will host the Texas Longhorns Friday at noon, Saturday at noon, and by God, let's hope we're sending those fuckers back home with two L's and the Pirates a chance to fucking go to Omaha. Um, 7,500 requests for Pirate Club tickets. The place only holds like 5,600. <laughs> 
So needless to say, there are a lot of people who are not going. A hundred tickets. So the NCAA made them put a hundred tickets on general sale this morning. Uh, they were gone in about 45 seconds. There was a rumor going around that Kevin Durant had bought all 100 of them. What? Um, well, you know, Kevin Durant, he's a, he went to Texas. So, yeah. I don't oh, know that's why right. he died. Why do I think he went to Oklahoma State? State? That's, I don't understand. I, anyway. Whatever, you know, it, it was one of those. He was a one of those. I think a lot of people associate Kevin Durant in Texas. So. Well, he played for Oklahoma City. That's probably why you're thinking that. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Texas coming to Greenville. Don't think anyone would have ever uttered those words. Um, that's obviously where I'll be um, living and dying for a couple of days. Is uh, I will not be there because a I'm not in the pirate club and b I sure didn't put in for tickets for this. <laughs> um, here we go, go pirates and. Uh, Ed, you know, you know, I know you're an alumnus of the University of North Carolina, but you uh, did a lot of your uh, growing up around the uh, in Greenville, North Carolina. You know, obviously, what the dream of Omaha means to the Pirates, mm-hmm. um, fulfilling the legacy of uh, the great Keith LeClaire. And one of his guys, a guy that you admire a lot, Cliff Godwin, mm-hmm. uh, the head coach at East Carolina, Man, could there be any better way to get there than to do it in front of the fans in Greenville at the stadium that has Keith LeClaire's name on it and Cliff Godwin wearing his number and taking them there. Oh, man, oh, I'm getting I'm getting too hyped up right now for it. I've got to calm my ass down. <laughs> Friday at noon, ESPN2, the, the, the journey continues for the Pirates. Also, I did see Saturday doesn't look like the best day for weather, so that's – that's gonna be interesting. Um, oh, that's, uh... Uh, yeah, that that would. Um, I, okay, I'm not gonna get to my fatalistic, pessimistic point. Anyway, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah, pessimistic West is not making an appearance quite yet. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. We'll save that for Saturday. There you go. All right. Well, we will we will check back in with West next week, and hopefully, it's not his the not fatalistic west um but that is going to do it for this edition of the podcast for my call on crime west bradshaw i'm edward green hoping you all stay safe and enjoy the football even if it's nations league we'll see you next week everton got a little something something to talk about <laughs> can't wait what could that be <laughs>